Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back, guys, to episode 9 of our podcast, Dean Thoughts, with your two favorite hosts, Mira and Adam. And today we are starting on a new series, which is the end, uh, the end series, which we're basically going to be talking about what happens when you die, what happens in the grave, what happens uh, in the day of judgment, right? So all these important aspects of our deen that we uh, very much need to learn about uh, as brothers and sisters of Islam, right? So uh, let's just get right into it. Alrighty, so the first thing that we got on our list is what happens when we die. So this is narrated in Bukhari and Muslim. Uh, there are two beautiful angels that will come down from the sky. They okay, are... wait, sorry, I just want to, because before we get into it, like before you state, so Adam's going to be explaining the, um, the mu'min side. So what happens when you die as a Muslim, as a believer? Um, so he's going to start explaining what happens when you die. So like literally the moment of your death when you're still in this world. And then I'm going to talk about it for an evil soul. So for the kafirin. Okay. Go. All right. So this is the moment side, right? So two beautiful angels will come down from the sky. They're super bright. They have perfume from paradise and shrouds from paradise. Uh, so from Jannah, everything we know from Jannah is perfect, great, you know, uh, this perfume isn't like uh, any other perfume. I believe it's misc, right? Yeah. Which is super rare even in this dunya, right? It's something so amazing. Uh, so they come out to a pleasure from your Lord. Oh, beautiful, pure soul, come out to the pleasure from your Lord. So that's what the angels will say. Like, you know, I, oh, I, like the, the A that says, yeah, All you beautiful soul, pure soul, come out to the mercy and the... the um, Bounty of your Lord. That's right. what they're going to say when they're taking your soul out. Uh, and then the your soul. soul will come out like water spilling from a jug smoothly, right? So we know that your your soul's going to come out of your body. And there are two different ways it can come out. It can come out either very smoothly, uh, very nice, and not painful at all. Or it could be ripped out of your body uh, very painfully, right? And that's uh, if you're a kafir, obviously. Uh Number three, uh, after the angel of death takes out the soul, these two angels carry the soul up towards the heaven. All the angels that passes will ask, who is the who is this beautiful soul? And they respond, so-and-so, son of so-and-so, uh, with the best names that they were ever called. Um, obviously, this is something like that you want, right? You want to have the angels be asking, wow, like, look at this beautiful soul. You want your soul to be uh, radiant and uh, beautiful as it goes up uh, to Jannah, inshallah. It'll smell beautiful, just the smell of it. Just the smell of it, right? I'm curious. So, and you want the angels to know your name, right? So, you know, that's just a cool uh, thing to know. Okay, so uh, then what happens is your soul will keep going up uh, every uh, every heaven or every sky, right? Because we know that there's seven heavens. Uh, and each time it goes up, the it will happen again. You know, the angels will ask, who's this beautiful soul, right? And um, this will happen until you reach what heaven you're going to get to, right? So if you're going to reach the fourth heaven, for example, your soul will keep going up and to the fourth heaven and the angels will keep asking. Um, then we see that um, some narrations say, that Rabbil Alameen, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will say to the angels to take your soul and to show it to Jannah, right? Like to show your soul Jannah. To uh, show it your spot in Jannah. So right. there's seven gates of Jannah, and at every gate there's angels that guard the doors. 
So what Adam was explaining is that basically when your soul is taken up through the skies and it reaches the, the gates of Jannah, it will be asked at every single gate, who is this? And if you're permitted to enter in, they will let you enter and you will stop basically at the level of Jannah that inshallah you will be in. And then when you're there, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell them to show them your specific spot in Jannah, like your home or where you're supposed to be. This is a weak narration, but I thought we could still mention it because it's like, it's a nice one. Right, obviously, uh, it's something interesting to look at and uh, something nice to know. Um, then after that, when, you're, when your body is ready for burial, which is obviously after you do like the ghusl for the body, the soul is taken back to the body. And this is uh, something interesting because, as we know, a lot of times we say it. We say that like when a person is in their grave or like when they're being buried, until the moment you walk away, so like on their janazah, like when you're on their grave and stuff, they can actually hear you. And they can hear your footsteps walking away. So it's like your their soul is in their body, in their grave, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to question them. So it's like kind of showing us like this is where it goes down. So when your body is being prepared all before this, the soul is not in the body. It's like up in the heavens. Um, this is for a mu'min. And then when your body has been prepared and it's been placed in the grave, that's when the soul comes back. Right. Okay, so let's... Well, so now it's your turn because yeah, we're going to okay. do the kafir side, right? So what happens when you're... A kafir, yeah. So um, one thing also that I wanted to mention is that we talk about how like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam from like the soil, from the clay. And subhanAllah, it's just like our bodies br brought back to the clay, you know? So like we were created from clay and to the clay we're going to be put back into and we're going to be resurrected again from the clay, from the, old, from the earth and the soil. Um, so that is for a person who is a mu'min, and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah, to make us all from those who have this beautiful kind of ending. Um, but it's important to take a look at the other side as well. So for someone who is um, a kafir, who has basically lived their whole life as a kafir, basically the moment you die, um, you will know where you're going to go. Because the a split second before you die, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lifts a veil from your eyes. And like Adam was saying, um, if you're a mu'min, two beautiful angels with shrouds from paradise come towards you. But if you are someone that's destined to Jahannam, there are going to be two really scary looking angels that are going to come down from the, the sky. They are going to have a horrible smelling shroud from Jahannam. Your soul is going to smell so bad. Um, I'm not sure if people around you can smell it. I know where the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, there was a narration that um, when his soul was taken out, the whole room filled up with misk. But I don't know if it's like that for every person. Um, but it's going to tell this soul, Oh, you horrendous soul, come out to the punishment and the anger of your Lord. And like Adam said, it's going to come out and it's going to be so painful. It's going to be like separating wet cotton, like in between thorns. It's just going to like, it's going to be so painful. And But also, let me just mention one thing. Is imagine like perspective wise, you're in this dark grave alone we didn't get to the grave and, yet huh? let me finish Wait, we're gonna get to the grave oh you didn't get to the grave no i'm still on my part no but that this applies like i'm no, saying wait, let, wait. Me, let me finish, okay, let me finish. so then like there are these super scary angels right so that's what i want to anyways we're gonna on. say okay we're gonna mention that but before oh my God. um so like the one who is mu'min their souls are going to be taken up to the heavens um, for this soul, when it when it reaches the gates of the heavens, the angels are going to ask, like, who is this soul? It smells disgusting. And they are going to call them by the 
most horrible names that they were called in this dunya. So like, if someone is horrible, like they might be like someone who, um, he was like a fornicator, he was a stealer, he was a drug dealer. They're going to be called by the most horrible names to these most like beautiful and non like masli, they don't do any mistakes, angels. And they're going to not let them get into these heavens. And the soul is actually going to be taken. And like, I think some narrations say that it's going to be thrown back onto the earth. So it's going to show you just so much like anger, like the angels don't want to smell it or be near it. And when the, when the body is then prepared and put back into the grave, the soul is put back into the body. And they are going to wish that the people around them are not going to leave because they know that the minute they hear their footsteps leaving, that it's going to get real, you know? There's going to be the questioning in the grave, which is the second part. So that's what happens when is, someone's soul dies. This is So now we're going to move on to what happens in the grave. Um, and Adam is going to focus on, like we said, the mu'mineen, which is inshallah all of us. Right, so inshallah, uh, may all of us be mu'mineen. Uh, so in the grave, munkar uh, nukir, which are angels or creatures that are unknown and even more unknown. That's what their names mean. So right. munkar is unknown and nakir is the one that's even more unknown. So it's just like, that's what their meaning is. Right, and these angels aren't like the pretty angels that we always... Uh, Think of when we think of angels like Jibreel alayhi salam with all the gems and the pearls and right. No, these are like scary looking angels. Ones that uh, when you see them, you're not going to be happy to see them, right? Like you're going to be scared. Uh, like, and like I said, imagine you're in the grave. The grave is dark. You're alone. You're like, this adds more to the fright, right? Just before you go on. Sorry, I want to mention one thing. Um, these angels are going to look the same to everyone. So whether you're mu'min or you're a disbeliever, they're going to be the same level of scary. They're going to be the same level of like horrific. And before this, the grave is actually going to squeeze us. And it's going to squeeze everyone, both mu'min and kafir. I think there was even a hadith where the, the companions asked the prophet, are you even going to have to like go through this squeezing of the grave? And he said, yes. Um, and it's, it's basically the prophet Muhammad, he explained that it's going to squeeze so much that the ribs are going to penetrate each other that one side of the rib actually is going to enfold upon the other and he he did a mo he did a movement with his hands where he took his fingers and overlapped them and squished them together and for those who are kafrian it's gonna be like the most painful thing ever but for those that are muslim mean inshallah we hope that muslim mean inshallah we hope that so inshallah it won't be um as painful but yeah adam's gonna explain more about munkarunaki right, before you cut me off no nah, i'm kidding but um so back to what i was saying about the grave right uh just to mention one thing if you're ever feeling you know distant from a bad i mean remember this imagine this moment right that you're dead you're in the grave you're alone you see these two scary angels um it's not a pleasant moment at all and inshallah it will definitely get you back to your dean because you're going to be uh, scared from this moment um, and their voices of Munkaruniki, they're like thunder, uh, and their eyes glitter like lightning, their, te their teeth are like the horn of a bull, uh, their hair reach their feet, the distance between their shoulders is miles apart, there is not even an ounce of mercy inside their hearts, they, they will carry a hammer of steel, um, and if all the human and jinn try to even move it, they, sh they would not be able to move it, even a millimeter, right? So... The reason we bring up these descriptions 
obviously to show you how scary they are imagine a voice like thunder you know thunder is is eyes obviously like lightning. eyes like lightning Piercing. uh right like thunder uh, like obviously it sounds I cool now but like imagine like really yeah thunder. like like huge like thunder like thunders but if that's just your voice like constantly and talking, they're carrying hammer right and it looks scary and it's cold and dark and everyone just left you you're left alone by yourself it's like it's like you like you have like a nightmare and you imagine like something you scary. can wake up from it right but this, this one, one no, like khalas. and this is even scarier than your nightmares probably yeah. like allahu alam but um and they will approach the one in the grave in such a manner that every bone in the body will shiver and faint they will then they will like when they're they will bring them back up they'll sit them up and that's when they question them out of the fear their body actually just like faints like you know yeah. And then they sit them back up to be like, okay, now we got to ask you. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us with a mission. SubhanAllah. And another thing I want to mention, as a believer, when you're in the grave, you you can have a friend, right? We're, we're and who is that friend? The Quran, right? And, and your good deeds. And your good deeds, right? So make sure to always remember, uh, read the Quran because one day, inshallah, it'll, it'll pay off. Obviously, it pays off now, but... One day it will pay off where you'll see that Quran as a friend in the grave so, yeah, actually, to keep you company, right? To uh, to to give a testimony like, yeah, he this uh, this mu'min he would always read me. They he, do that when they sit him up. Right. Yeah. They'd be like, no, this is this servant used to read me a lot, and so he, he would be like a protection between you and these angels. Definitely. You know, to be like a inshallah, a intercession, inshallah, form of intercession. Um, okay, so Adam, you want to talk about the three questions that get asked in the grave? Uh, don't you want to do the bad side? The kafir okay, side? Okay, yeah, too? I can talk about the kafir side. So, um, inshallah, so for all of these, like, Miss and me, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put, like, sakina, he'll put peace and tranquility in their hearts because, um, like we said, the Quran will come and test for them their salah, their good actions. Um, actually, I'm, I'm going to mention the three questions and then I'm going to talk because the three questions kind of like it's it's the link between what's good and what's bad. Okay, so the three questions are they're going to be asked when the angels sit you up. It's going to be who is your Lord? What is your religion? And what do you say about the man that was sent as a messenger amongst you? And some narrations say also like what was the book that was sent amongst you? So in order to answer these three questions, you can't just like sit and memorize the answer now. You have to have lived by these. So you have to have lived knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is your Lord. There's no one else, not your money, not your wealth, not your children, not your education. That your and this, religion... is, this is actually important because, you know, you, you think like, yeah, Rabbil Ali means my Lord. But some people, without even realizing it, their own nafs can be their Lord, right? They, they're they slave follow their, to what their desires right, are. What their desires, what they, what they want, what they desire. They desire money. They, they're slaves to that. You know, they go for the money. Even though you may do your salah, right? You still would rather have money or something like that without even realizing it. Or like you're sullying, but you're thinking exactly. about money. So it's important to always remember to have a clean intention and to remember who really is our Lord and what we really want in this dunya, right? Obviously... Uh, money and all these uh, these uh, uh, values in this world, right? Fun, happiness, whatever, they're right? They're temporary, and obviously they're okay to want. But what you should truly want is Rabbil Alameen, His uh, forgiveness, His happiness with you, and a connection and uh, relationship with Rabbil Alameen, so that Inshallah we can all go to Jannah, right? So yeah. 
Um, so the next question is, what is your religion? So like Adam was saying, you have to live by these five pillars of Islam, the six pillars of Iman, to actually be able to answer this question. And what do you say about the messenger that was sent amongst you? So we have to know the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We have to live by his sunnah. Um, and so the mu'min, inshallah, he will know how to answer these questions. And after, um, when they answer these questions correctly, the two angels, Munkar and Nakir, will say, O oh, beautiful soul, rest for what is to come is even better. And then the soul will be told to look to the left, and it will see its spot in Jahannam. We know that every single person right now, we all have a spot in Jahannam and a spot in Jannah. So you will be told to look to the left, and you will see your spot in Jannah, where you would have been. And this person is going to get so scared, like, oh my god, I thought I passed, like, this spot looks so scary. And then they will be told to look to the right, and they will be shown their spot in Jannah, and then they will feel peace and tranquility, and their grave will become super wide, and as far as the eye can see, um, and it will become like a garden from the gardens of paradise. And a person who is so beautiful, smells so nice, looks so peaceful and calming will come towards you when the angels leave. And you will ask, who are you? And they'll be like, I am your good deeds. I'm here to keep you company until the day of judgment. And subhanAllah, we are making this person right now. You know, when you're reading Quran, when you're, when you're doing salah, you are forming this person that is going to come towards you in the grave and keep you company. Definitely, yeah. And then this moment is going to say, it's going to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make the day of judgment come because it wants to, you know, go to Jannah. Um, no, I heard, actually, I don't know if she is, but I heard he'll ask uh, Rabbah, I mean, to like prolong for the day of judgment to come because like he's so comfortable in the grave. Oh, you're right. I'm mixing it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, but of course, they're probably also excited to definitely, get into definitely. Jannah. You but know? the point being is after. Your your work pays off, right? Then your grave becomes. Tell us, you're in bliss, anyways. And your grave you're, is you're nice. Because you're in a garden of definitely. paradise, technically. So the point being, you want to work towards that. You know, you want your grave. To, otherwise, you're gonna. We'll see how that, how the kafir's yeah. grave is. It's not pleasant at all. Um, but one thing I want to actually say the kafir thing, and then I want to mention okay. something. Um, and then for the person who's a kafir, when they're put in the grave. Like we said, the squeeze is going to be so tight, it's going to be painful. Like their ribs are like literally breaking. Um, and then Munkar and Nakir are going to come. We said they're already really scary. Um, and they're going to sit them up after they had fainted. And they're going to ask them, who is your Lord? What is your religion? And who is this man that was sent amongst you? And I, I heard someone saying that, like, they're not even going to say, I don't know. They're just going to be like, you know, and you're like, mm. Right. You yeah. know, like you can't even say it. That's how that they're not even going to be able to say anything. And they're going to say, um, for the believer, they're going to say, Sadaqat, you said the truth. For the kafir, then they're going to say, like, you lied or that's wrong. I, I don't remember exactly. Um, and then they're going to tell them to look to their right. And they're going to see their spot in Jannah they would have gotten if they worshipped Allah and they stood by what the deen had told them to do. And then they're going to be told to look to their life, the, their left. And they're going to look, they're going to see their spot in Jannah. And their grave is going to become so small and tight. And their grave is going to become from the pits of hellfire. They're going to be burning. And a horrendous looking, really scary, smelly man is going to come. And they're going to be like, who are you? Like, you, you bring about bad fortune. And he's going to tell him, I am your bad deeds to sit. And you know, like, it's like, they're just going to make it more painful. Your, it's, your, not, it's not even company. <laughs> your grave is already from the pits of hellfire. Like, subhanAllah, like, we pass by so many cemeteries, like, Christian or like Jewish cemeteries, we don't know like what they died upon, what was in their hearts, but like, just 
just imagine how many people under there are are being going through adhib, you know, like throughout their grave. And this is just the state of your grave. We are not even talking about the punishments that are specific to the grave. There are so many punishments that happen within the grave. We're not even talking about those. But it's just scary. Or like, you know that one story where they were like trying to bury someone and they like dug up like four different spots and every single time they dug it up, there was like a snake. Yeah. And then eventually they were like, the sheikh was like, this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like has decreed for him. So they put him in there. Yeah. Like that's just like the fact that there's a snake. There's something like evil. Or like I saw this one post on Instagram where it was like someone's grave like was uh, covered with flowers. Their grave. Like right. they didn't even plant flowers. Right. Like naturally just grew. Like imagine what this person had done. And like like I said, like we're creating the good person. If Allah we are doing evils and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like we die on a state that's not of iman. We are creating this person. Definitely. You know, this person that's going to come and, and give you company. And, and that's why actually I wanted to mention, right? We still have time right now, guys. We, especially a lot of uh, a lot of us are young, right? We still have a lot of time. And just remember, you're going to regret it one day if you don't use this time for good. So basically, right, you want to take advantage of the time that you have here. Um, and like I was saying, uh, it's always scary to think about you're not going to have enough deeds no matter how many deeds you do you're not going to have enough deeds to uh take you to jannah right obviously rabbil alameen is gonna through his mercy put you there but the point being like you want to make sure you do as many deeds as possible because now you have the time right now this temporary life that's what this life is for you have the time to do those deeds but you're going to regret not having uh, taken uh, advantage of that time, right? So that's just what I wanted to mention. Also, another thing is the fact that those people that are in their graves, they can't, they, sorry guys, that's my chair. My chair's old. Um, they can't do anything anymore. Like they can't, unless you make a sadaqah for them, but like their deeds are done. What we're doing right now, we're doing our actions and our actions have no accounting. But when we die, we only have accounting and no actions. In the sense that what you're doing right now, you're going to be asked for it. You're going to be asked why you did things, why you didn't do things. And use this time that you have right now, this life, this wealth, this this health, where still most of us are really young. You know, there's a hadith that says, mentions to benefit from five before five. Your wealth before your poverty, your health before your sickness, your youth before your old age. Your life before your death and um there's one more that i can't remember right now but it's the sense that right now we have the chance to ask Allah subhanahu wa to make tawbah to forgive us and um i got a question from someone to kind of clarify the issue of tawbah so Allah subhanahu wa there's and this is the beauty of islam honestly it is tawbah doesn't have to be something that's like um very fancy if that makes sense like you like in christianity you have to go confess your sins or something in Islam, it's simply that you feel regret for something, you put the intention to never do it again, and even if you do do it, it's okay. You still should make tawbah for it again because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knows that you were gonna do it. And don't don't be shy to make tawbah like today. Like this should be a, a wake up call. Make tawbah today because you don't know when you're gonna die and you're gonna regret not having made tawbah for your sins, right? And tawbah isn't like tawbah is basically just like turning to Allah and be like, Ya Allah, I ask for your forgiveness. You could uh, sully two rikahs, two extra um, rikahs, like how you pray any other sunnah prayer um, with the intention that it's for tawbah, but you don't have to do that. Basically, just with putting the intention that you're never going to do it again, 
and you're turning to Allah to ask forgiveness and you say, Ya Allah, tub alayyi, I ask for your forgiveness. And inshallah, when you actually make tawbah, if it's a complete, sincere tawbah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not only forgive your sins, but He will take all of your bad deeds and make them into good deeds. So in the sense, you're you're not even just like wasting time, you you got, you gain time, you know, because all of those deeds that you've done, they, they got turned into good deeds. So tawbah is just... I don't want to say it's a state of the mind and a state of the heart, but it kind of is. You know, you don't have to necessarily like do salah. Um, you know, like we said, we, we mentioned like in the episode of mercy, like the like if you're in a situation or if you're in an environment that's um, driving you towards doing sins to leave it, to move away from it. And you might have to like take yourself away from anything that's putting you into sins. But if it's just something that you are voluntary doing, it might just be a thought, like a state of the heart. Um, I hope that clarifies it, but Tawbah is just like, it's so simple. And to take this advantage and to take this time that we have right now um, to do Tawbah and kind of wrapping it up, um, the Prophet Muhammad he mentioned that the angel of um, the angel that's going to blow the horn, his name is Israfil, um, his mouth is actually on the trumpet. And his eyes are looking up at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he's just waiting for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give him the signal to blow it. So the day of judgment, yeah, the signs are not, like the major signs have not started. But my dad always used to tell us something, that your day of judgment happens when you pass away. All of these people that are in their graves, yeah, the day of judgment hasn't come for us, but it's come for them. Their deeds are done, their books are closed, and they're being held accountable for every single thing that they did. And that's what we have to understand, and that's what we... Inshallah, that's the hope, and that's the main goal of us talking about this end series. It's not to frighten us. But it's to, to well, remind it us. us. It Definitely is to frighten us. And like because like they say that with the with the reminder there's a benefit. And subhanAllah, even in the punishment and the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is mercy. Because when you remember this and you hear about it, it drives you to do good, right? That's okay. a form of mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like it and it kind of goes back to like if there's someone that's doing bad, like if you have a child and he's doing bad thing, you're gonna punish him so he learns not to do it again. And that's the same thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like we talked about in the episode of Mercy, He only says in the Quran, I want to forgive you. He doesn't say, I want to punish you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us and telling us these stories and we get these revelations to better understand what's going to happen to make the decision now when we are able to, to be from those who we have gardens of paradise in our graves and you know, we're not like those who are who have a horrible ending that the angels don't even want to be near. Um, so I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah to make us all from those who are the mu'mineen, who our graves are easy, we stay strong and firm on the questioning. And make these du'a guys, because honestly nothing can come about without du'a. Ask Allah to keep you firm on your death with la ilaha illallah. There's another hadith that says, whoever says la ilaha illallah on, when he's dying, dakhal al-jannah. And la ilaha illallah, it's, like, it's, like you're, it's not just like, oh la ilaha illallah, it's like, Sincerely, like you understand what it means. La ilaha illallah is such a powerful statement that there's a hadith that says if it was placed on one end of the scale, and I think it was like mountain of Uhud or something was placed on the other, or this whole world. Yeah, it would be. It would, it would be, be more. Yeah. That statement, but it has to be said with sincerity and true understanding of what it means that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. And, and the, another thing, actually, is even if you're in your spare time, right? You're watching your show, whatever. Easiest way to get deeds is just make uh, tasbih, right? Say, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, Astaghfirullah. Even if you want to, like, for example, walk outside. You want to 
watch a TV show. Even instead of wasting your time, make tasbih while you're doing that. That way you're not wasting your time completely, right? Say la ilaha illallah as we know, like very big. Or subhanallah, bihamdihi, subhanallah al-azim. There's a hadith that says... Um, you get that, a tree planted in it. No, not oh. only that, but that uh, those um, they're light on the tongue, but very heavy on, on the, the scale. scale because of how uh, you know important they important. are, whatever. and how so, beloved they are. Definitely. And like, kind of like you're saying, changing everything that we can right now, and because we know there's a hadith that says al-amalu that all of your our actions are going to be judged based on our intentions. So changing every single thing that you do already in your life to base it around an intention that you're gaining reward. So for example, if you're showering, you're showering so you can become a clean Muslim. You're eating so you can stay a healthy Muslim. You're working out so you can be a strong Muslim. You're um, emptying the dishwasher so your parents can be pleased with you because that's a form of worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So every single, you're studying so you can become a smart Muslim. Every single thing that we can do, change it so that literally from the moment you wake up to the moment that you sleep, you are gaining hasanat. And just to end it off, there is, um, I'm not sure if it's a saying or if it's a hadith that says, live in this world that when you wake up for fajr, you don't think you're going to make it to Aisha. That this day is going to be your last day and that this night is going to be your last night. And we've talked about this before. Don't let a night go to sleep where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might be angry upon you. Try every single night to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness to forgive all, all of those that you might have wronged, to ask for forgiveness from other people, to ask for like your parents' ridha and their blessing. And like we said, to use this time right now to change our lives, especially before the blessed month of Ramadan, um, to change our lives for the better, to set the intention, and inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it easier for inshallah. us to become from those that are mu'mineen. Inshallah. All right, guys, that's all for today. It was a bit of a longer episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to email us with any suggestions for future topics. And don't forget to turn on the post notification button so you guys get notified when we put on new definitely, episodes. Definitely. And we hope that you guys like this end series. We are next we're gonna be talking about um the like the day of judgment and all that stuff. So we're getting through this series kind of focusing on um the end because like we said it's an important thing for us to know. Definitely. So inshallah, uh that's all for today. Assalamu alaikum and peace out.